sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Get this message out here. I'm doing what I love to help a community out. Like, yeah, I mean, what is the next step? What's the one thing I can do today? That's gonna get us one. So, I mean, I don't know what's what's in the future. Art is the only way you can reach out to the future. It is the only thing that actually lives through a time capsule. And I think that if the DIY scene as a whole put more of a value on itself, it could be a lot more sustainable. No, if someone doesn't like it, that's their deal. Okay, cool. Introduce you and okay, so yada we're yada yada. Oh, oh, we're going. We are Yay! on. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. I am currently actually drinking a beer. It's been a while since I've been actually drinking a beer on the intro for a podcast. I'm drinking some IPA from Seattle. I forget what it is. Fremont Brewing. It's fine. It's not great. I'm not going to really endorse it because it's fine. It's an IPA. You never and my know. guest was just crushed two bottles of water. We just got back from Bebe's Kitchen having some delicious Korean-inspired yeah. food. Not to be confused with Bebe's Kids. <laughs> no, not at all. But and not far from it. If you have not been to Bebe's Kitchen, highly recommended for meat eaters and vegans alike. We all had very, very great some sort of breaded pressed tofu thing. Yes. It's phenomenal. Comes with a delicious plum sauce. My belly's feeling good. I feel like I made a good decision with the food that I ate. I'm feeling like I made a mediocre decision with this beer, but <laughs> I made a fantastic decision with this week's guest. Thank you. I don't know how I'm hamming this up like this, but it's just... You're doing off, a good job. I like you, it. You know, Keep it going. 170-something <laughs> episodes in. You think I'd have it figured out by now. That's where we're at. It's natural. Yes. What the fuck was that? Did you hear that? I was a ghost. There was a sound outside. Anyways, I'm sitting here today with my good longtime friend, Mario. Say oh, what up. Hola, senor. For anyone that doesn't know Mario, he was on the show before. This is probably like fucking two and a half years ago or something. It was I when I was, lived in Southside. That was about four years ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing the podcast for about four years. I don't remember what number episode you were, but I do remember it was pretty early that yeah. you came on. I think it was 2014. Yeah, it was, it was a long time ago. And obviously, a lot of things were touched up on that episode. Yeah. But a lot of things have obviously happened since that we're going to get into, and we'll shoot the shit on a lot of things. But for some context to, to let people know how I know you and your relation to me and our life... um. I mean, this goes back to junior high. Junior high and, school. And, you know, Mario was one of the first people I actually, the first dude I ever knew that was in a band. Yeah. Mario yeah. was the guy. And he was yeah. a band with like a bunch of like dudes that were a little bit older too. So they oh, were like yeah. in the high school now. And oh, I didn't yeah. know them. Yeah, so they, he were, was like, they were getting ready to graduate and we were like 14, <laughs> 13, 13. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing you. Um, I don't think it was in time for Slipknot yet. It may have been. You had either a Slipknot shirt or maybe even a Deicide shirt. And I had the cassette 
and I was like, hey, check out my band. And that was it. And I yeah. just handed it to you. And that was it. It was you know? so wild. You know, definitely. I think that anybody that knows me in the trajectory of my life, like yeah. how much of a like a pillar of it you are. Because huh. not only well, thank you, you were like <laughs> the first person I knew ever that was in a band and like, holy shit, yeah. like you could be in a band. Yeah. You know, obviously that like led into being like going to some of my first like local music shows and oh, yeah. finding out that there is a music scene that exists outside of whenever your favorite band comes to town. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, in other ways, just with like introducing the me and music, there's like a yep. whole ton of music that i never oh i mean i may have got into it eventually but you like yeah. introduced me to so many different bands oh yeah i remember like i think it was by the time i was in college and you were at ccac and um we started talking about what was we would always talk about maiden but then i started mentioning like faith no more pat and yeah and faith all that no more with Faith No More and Bjork were probably like the yeah. two biggest contributions that yeah, you that, brought into my life. Yeah, that was, uh, um, it was one of those things. It was just like, okay, like, well, if he gets that, we'll get this. And I knew you were an artist. So, um, it, you know, the stuff like that just all comes hand in hand. It was just awesome. And I think it really speaks to a particular time that like kids today just, don't have it's like yeah it's like you were like a human spotify playlist yeah for me <laughs> in a way you know what i mean yeah. just like well hey dude check this out check this out and it yeah. was always just like you know trading like cds or tapes and yeah. like, like literally yeah and you you had a really extensive like black metal and death metal collection yeah <laughs> where i would have like one demo cd maybe two cradle cds you had like a whole booklet of like the whole album yeah and or all their record catalog discography so i was like oh, okay this guy's deeper and he <laughs> buys things and i don't <laughs> you know i've been to the shows but no i didn't buy the album you know yeah so but yeah i mean and i still think things are like that today it's just much quicker yeah it's just it's different you, you know, know it's I, like I, check I sound out this like, youtube video i sound like such an old fuck when it's like oh yeah. things were different back then but you know yes I, and no you, i do acknowledge I that it's the same yeah still. and you had to do a little more footwork back then not too much but some you know and you know moving forward past all of that we ended up making music together which was, Which a was blast. awesome. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, making music with Mario, like it, like it really was like the first time I dove into producing stuff outside of yeah. hip hop or like anything drum and bass or dance related, like mm -hmm. really technical production stuff with like what we were doing with this Kinesia and all the layers and the samples it, and all the, the craziness, like working you, with you, yeah. like really like set the foundation for me learning yeah. like how crazy you can make a recording yeah well it was it became like a challenge for me because i had been well one day sober broke up because pretty much everybody and went that, to college that was the band that i'd mentioned that, that was, when we were that was high, my band. when we were in middle school yeah. that was the band you were in and um i believe at that point that ed and ashley were in brave the fire yeah so they only they already had something going on and I kind of didn't sing after that that group, and then when we got together, and it was just like, well, yeah, I could sing, but I want to do something totally different, and then that's what we did. Yeah, I think something it was like, totally it was like the, different. There's a you know the the 
the perfect blend of like you know us listening to like nothing but bjork and the locust yeah. and, and the Fed mars the volta Moss. yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah. all this shit was like because that was all like new at the time like yeah. mars volta just dropped the last and yeah. like we were both completely mind fucked by that. Yes, yes, and then, for sure. And we saw Phantomas. Yes, yes. In a, like a very intimate. What was it? Uh, what was Diesel? But it was Nick's Fat City. Yeah, yeah. At that yeah. time. So yeah, that shows our age. And, and Dave Lombardo's drum set literally took up the entire stage. The entire stage. And Melt Banana opened up that show. Yeah, Melt Banana. <sighs> there was a time where you can go see <laughs> Melt Banana and Phantomas in, in the South Side. Yeah. For what, fifteen dollars? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when we snuck back into the venue to meet Mike Patton? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Someone left, and I put my foot. It's like, Brian, get in there, because we just left. And earlier in the day before the show, we had met Dave Lombardo at oh the my toy God. store. Yeah. You remember, like somebody yeah. knocked over like some lunch boxes or something. Yeah. We all turned around and looked, and it was like yeah. Dave Lombardo yeah. like picking up a lunch box. Yeah. Off the and ground. we're like, he's like, we're looking, we're like going through posters. And he's like behind them, like creeping on the posters we're looking at. And he starts giving us factoids. Remember the Scarface poster? He's like, oh, they took the face out of that. And I was like, yeah, it's probably trademark. And turn around, I'm like, oh, it's, it's fucking rain and blood. <laughs> Fuck. You're, you're the rain and blood guy. You were the guy. Dum, you, dum, did dum. Dum. <laughs> you did that. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> And he was a sweet guy. Yeah, he was yeah, a he was super nice. Guy, you know? And fuck, man, remember when we saw Cradle of Filth with Typo Negative? Oh my god, yeah, Moonspell. Yeah, you know what's funny? I I've befriended a lot of uh, goth kids who are much younger, just by, just by going to the same shows. Um, and I'll tell them stories like, and it wasn't technically that long ago. It was about fifteen years ago. Yeah, which really like isn't that long but when you're talking to someone who is now 20 yeah that's insane yeah. there were five when that concert <laughs> happened you know yeah it's like yeah we saw typo and cradle and moonspell in the same night and it was in one Oakland. of the best shows in at the in yeah. laga were you yeah. at the were you at the black dahlia murder show when they played at Roboto? i think so yeah 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 like, they were just on the floor yeah yeah. It was like them, Three Inches of Blood, and Himza. Yeah. The only show I saw after that, and it was years after at Roboto, was uh, Cattle Decapitation. Okay. I saw it at Roboto when they got off of the tour with Six Feet Under because Chris Barnes punched Travis. <laughs> and they yeah, left I didn't the know tour. Anything about that. And they hopped on a show with Vector. And they so played it was Vector and Cattle Decap at Roboto. And Cattle Decap at Roboto. That's and like awesome. all you could hear was drums. <laughs> like you couldn't hear any guitar. They couldn't hear shit. That was an excellent memory. But yeah, so you know, we started making music, all this music together, yep. and just like a huge foundation of like my body of work as a creator was, you know, definitely you were a big part of all of that. Oh, so yeah. it's always awesome to sit oh, down and, and talk likewise. with you. Likewise, I mean, I think I show people dyskinesia before I would show them one day sober <laughs> because one day sober has like, and like, I'm really proud now because it's 20 years. I was just going to bring that album. Up. Yeah. 20 years. But one day sober has, in the style of the music, it has a time period. You know, it sounds like Biohazard, Downset, Rage Against the Machine. It sounds like 1998. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. 
dyskinesia, on the other hand, doesn't sound like any year. It yeah. could came out this year. It could have came out, you know, 20 years ago. It could have came out 30 years ago. It could come out 50 years into the future. Like, it's a timeless the thing. The only thing that I've ever heard from, like, an album that actually crossed my path that was like something that was released mm -hmm. that anybody did that sounded like dyskinesia yeah. was that Igor album that That's came right. out last year. Yeah, I agree. That album is so fucking dyskinesia. I agree. But the awesome thing about that album is that ours, we were all sample based. It was just the yeah. two of us. Yeah. Them, they, that dude actually got studio musicians yes. to come in and play every single yeah. fucking thing on the album. And it's, yeah. I'm like, wow. If only he would have known there's already music created. <laughs> You just have to cut and paste it together. Yeah, so for some context on dyskinesia, we may have talked about this before, but that was a long time ago, and yeah. I have a lot more listeners now. Yeah. A lot of people that might not even know about dyskinesia. Yeah, so. and you know, we should bring it back eventually, like for yeah. like a two-song EP. Yeah. Well, you know? the, the, the idea was taking the concept that were the foundations of hip-hop, where yeah. people would sample breaks and jazz and soul exactly. and stuff like that, but... Let's make metal and sample yeah. all sample, metal. Yeah. And then we also, but then we got started getting weird and sampling like yeah. classical and yeah, jazz it and had the easy off. listening and yeah. everything. And yeah, just like that, the, the yeah. perfect, the perfect blend of like two young weirdos with no real responsibilities that were listening yeah. to way too much Dillinger Escape Plan and yes. Mars Volta. Yes. A hundred percent. That's like what it was. And watching Bjork music videos. <laughs> yeah. You know what sucks is that even though you, you know, were into film and you mm -hmm. were doing school and stuff at yeah. the time, like the equipment wasn't really accessible like, no. like, with like capturing good video. Can you imagine like if we had the access to video now, like what weird if video we stuff the, we could have done? If we had the cell phones that we had now, yeah. you know, it's, like we could have done some really cool visual stuff for the dyskinesia yeah. stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should do. Not bring back the music, but just make like weird videos make for the shit that videos. already exists. Yeah. Because nobody's really fucking heard it anyways. Like no. it definitely has its like we'll call it a a cult following amongst our inner circle of friends. Did, dude, did I tell you that I had a Lyft driver who was at the basement show that we did? Really? Yeah. We did dyskinesia and then we did we closed as a surprise for like what the five friends of ours that would get it <laughs> we closed with a couple butter songs yeah yeah i had a lift driver who was like dude you weren't in a band called dyskinesia were you and i says oh yeah i was he's like with brian right i says oh yeah yeah definitely he's like i was at one of your shows in like a basement and That's i'm like, so wild i wonder no <laughs> shit i wonder who that was i don't know he it was weird because I asked him, like, are you on Facebook or anything? I could because I says, well, Brian's still very active in music. I says, you would love what he's doing because it's like it took off from there for him. And uh, dude wasn't even on Facebook. Huh. So it was really weird. He like gave me an email address. What is this? <laughs> Fucking 2000. <laughs> what an email address. Was it like a hotmail email? Address? Yeah. Yeah. There's my AIM screen name. Yeah. You contact me on there. I still creep on instant messenger. <laughs> AIM's done. They they discontinued it finally. Good. Because I was thinking of going back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, you know, just uh 
That's what we should do is go maybe do yeah. videos for that stuff or something. Yeah, or fuck I mean, it, whatever. Who knows? I want people to see like the full scope. Or like fucking you know? release some of the, the old home videos. Oh, yeah. I'd, we never got any video of any dyskinesia sets, but the butter sets no. we did. Yeah. Now now we're like going way deep down the rotter, the, yeah. the rabbit hole. But uh, yeah. butter was our like joking sort of metal electronic project yeah. that we had pre-dyskinesia before we had the idea to do the dyskinesia thing. Yeah. It was like us just figuring it out. Yeah. And it, well, what did you use? Like a PlayStation DJ game uh-huh. for the beats. Yeah. And then I just played guitar and it's just, some of the sounds on that are so gross, but so cool <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. And then you hear like some like no name band, like you'll hear like a mixtape come out or like some like impaled something and you'll be like, I listen to him, and you'll be like, wow, that sounds like butter. <laughs> are these guys for real? <laughs> they are. We already did it. Yeah. It took us like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, if anybody is listening and they're a homie, if you're ever hanging out and you want to hear any of this stuff, feel free to hit me up. Hit the Brian up. He has stuff, everything. I don't even own a computer anymore. The dyskinesia stuff is on YouTube. Some of it is, I think. Yeah. 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 Some uh, of Candace Cameron and Dollywood. Yeah, yeah. Two two of the disc the two best dyskinesia albums. Yeah. yeah, that was the heart of dyskinesia. They're both on YouTube, so you could check those out. The butter stuff, if you have morbid <laughs> curiosity, yeah. you can either feel free to hit us up or just find any grindcore mixtape with a band that has impaled in the name and it probably yeah. sounds exactly impaled like what butter would sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the one drum machine madness? Oh, mixtape yeah, yeah, you had yeah, with yeah. fuck fest yeah i forgot all about that yeah yeah oh, that was man. the shit yeah they had the guy was it was like sampled like the fat boys like <laughs> 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 oh man such Good times a weird subgenre of music they're like i wonder if that's still um, it has to still be a thing like the the drum machine heavy really chaotic most definitely because there's always going to be someone somewhere who doesn't have any friends but still wants to make music, uh-huh. you know, or, or Varg Vikernes. But you figure with <laughs> the, person, that's pretty much all. Uh-huh. That's just him. With with the technology, though, like you can make drum machines sound really good now. But should they? They shouldn't. They should sound like <laughs> shit. It should be obvious. it worked. Yeah, the, the aesthetic was really yeah. funny. It just sounded like a cheap drum set. <laughs> Until you like added Congo samples in there. <laughs> but that's just to keep people thinking. So, yeah, you know, 20 minutes later, we covered the basis. We covered the basis of that's, that's who the you history. are, you know, our history together. Yeah. And, you know, even past that. But, you know, there came a time when dyskinesia came to an end. Yeah. And, you know, our lives went their own separate ways yeah. and you got into doing stuff that you are still doing now. Yeah. Yeah. I got into, um, around that time, I probably 2007, 2008, 2008 is when I really got into comedy, uh, through the improv and doing the open mic circuit there and all that jazz. And it was a fun run. And, uh, it was an interesting, interesting time because they, uh, the improv uh, chain had a contract with Comcast. So Comcast On Demand would broadcast open mic nights, which was both a blessing and a curse for a 
someone trying to figure it out. Because sure. nine times out of ten, yeah, you don't like want that material. You don't going want out. that. It, out. It's like the same way. Yeah. Like a lot of comedians now, like yeah. don't want phones at shows because no, they're trying to work so. out material. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, uh, you know, it's just piecing everything together. And uh, another thing too was like, say I'd go on later at night. You know, even if the material was good, no one in the audience was paying attention because the waiter was coming by like with their bill. Like that's the reality of that. But uh, I think the one plus that came out of it was when they had the finals in December of 2008, we all got 10 minute sets. And that's when I really had a pretty solid set ready. And they released that in its entirety. And then, you know, it was kind of brief when Facebook really took off, but I would say, Hey, check out my special on Comcast. Then you'd, run into people at bars or whatever. They were like, yeah, I saw your shit. Saw you talking about Woodland Hills. I remember that story. That was fucked up. That's fucked up that you brought it up on TV, though. <laughs> so then that that then I had to run into that. And then, like, the one story in particular, like, was about a girl uh, performing oral sex on, like, at least seven or eight guys in the locker room. And, like... I kind of knew her brother and like I kind of ran into him after that was released <laughs> and I didn't use any names thank god but I kind of wanted to be like man I'm sorry I put that out there like I hope you and the family didn't kick back and watch that with popcorn yeah but what are you gonna do I mean hey take no prisoners I guess I didn't suck those dicks <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's funny, you know, I think yeah. that, you know, there's the whole thing now with comedy and what you should and shouldn't do in yeah. comedy. And like, it's yeah. like, it's, you know, it's nonsense. It's meant there to, yeah. a big part of it is to, you know, provoke and call and out shit. That and, you know, I, when I, I was recently in Chicago, which is a comedy heavy city by nature, um, and a main, big conversation I had with a lot of people was... What is it like for you in comedy now with everything being so PC? And I explained, well, I never really rode the offensive line with my stuff. Mine's more absurd. And if it's offensive, it makes no makes no sense, you know. But, you know, I, I think what, what people are going to start to realize is like, look, comedians, they're just trying to make people laugh. You know, and they're not out to hurt anybody. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's not like they have an open mic night at like a cross burning. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like right before we set this cross ablaze, Lester has five minutes of jokes to tell. And then he comes up and says racist stuff and homophobic stuff. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Comedians don't exist in that world of hate, hateful people. You know what I mean? But I would like to hear that if it did happen <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> like, what what does Lester have to say? What, what could he possibly? Oh. What could he possibly have to say? I don't know. I want to keep your your show on the network, so I won't <laughs> say anything that Lester might say. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't think anybody. I don't know. I, I it's, uh, it's so strange because. Coming in the growing up in the era we did with a lot of the things that we saw, yeah. there was a lot of stuff that was like wrong, and yeah. there was always like 
even like growing up, you would tell like racist jokes that were funny. Yeah. And, and it's like now it's like I look back on that and it's like, you know, do I feel bad about the fact that I thought that like that stuff was funny when I was a kid or yeah. is that just like a product of my environment? You yeah. know, I never felt like a racist person by any no. means. But like no, to me, no it was means. always like there was always a clear cut line. But like a joke is a joke. Yeah. But I guess, you know, at the same time with hindsight, it's like, oh, well, I guess it's really easy for me to say that. I just yeah. didn't realize that, you know, I'm a straight white male. So, yeah. of course, you know, I'm not I don't get I never yeah. had to suffer the and, repercussions and of the negative. And another thing, too, is we also came up in a very diverse school in Woodland Hills. That's true. Yeah. And here's the deal. If you have study hall, OK, and you're in there. And, you know, you have different people of different races. You have black friends, you have Asian friends, you have, you know, a couple Mexican friends and just some 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 white kids. I mean, you got to be fucking funny to survive. You know what I mean? And if it wasn't for my friends of other races, especially black friends, I probably wouldn't have the comedy chops that I have. And I wouldn't have the, the genuine delivery that I have because if you're fake, you're not going to fucking survive. Yeah. And that's just the truth, you know, and that's just that, you know, plus when we were young too, the big thing was I'm an individual, you know, it's like everybody wants to be their own person. Well, don't, I, I think don't label me. I think that's a case still, even with kids nowadays. I think that's just a product of being young. Yeah. Which is good. Everybody should have that look. I'm separate from everything, you know. Like who is like a uh, Jaden Smith putting out music now, and it's oh, all yeah. like I'm an icon and this or whatever. Yeah, his thing is it's like I don't know. It's like, hey, I, if it I, makes I, the I've kid seen, like, happy, totally. Know? But it's like <laughs> you know, a lot of these people. It's funny now as a I I don't know if it's me being older yeah. or just me being very dialed into how yeah the music and things work yeah but it's just like you know you're not unique yeah you know it's like it's like i look back on myself when i was in middle school with yeah. you know like my slipknot shirt and my wide leg pants yeah you know? and like making comic books about like how i'm different it's like of I really, course i really wasn't that different I yeah wasn't. but you know what, what i <laughs> but, mean i was the same way but what sets us apart and i notice this listening to your uh your music and seeing the music video, we're still doing it. We're still in that world. Oh yeah. We've never let go of that. Like, yeah, we got a slipknot shirt. Yeah. We're this album's coming oh, yeah. out. We never let go of that. Yeah, and that's it. what's rare. That's what's rare because other people they're like, yeah, I might catch a show here and there, which is understandable because life gets busy as an adult. Now, once you have, uh, marriage once you have kids all that shit it's like your time just comes down even more you know and here's us still doing the damn thing and that's something to be proud of kind of yeah I wear that badge it's like i don't know very well i don't know if it's a if i've never grown up or if i've always just been a little too mature for my age which yeah. is a I, I just probably I think never it's grew up. Both. <laughs> I think, I think you know, um, like I said, it, you know, we were in bands young. I was in a band when I was twelve. You know, I recorded my first album at thirteen. 
I never for a second sat back and thought, well, I'm too young to do this. Yeah. Or, well, what, you know, it's just something you did. And you did it in a way that was like, well, I have to show, you know, older people that, because it was tough to get shows. I'm not going to lie. You know, especially in heavier music, like punk, you know, punk bands like EOE, uh, some of the other local punk bands, they didn't care. They'll book anybody, you know. But when it was coming like the hardcore scene, like Decor Records, Gut Ranch, all those cats, I mean, you really had to fucking show them that you meant business, you know. And I think, like, especially a lot of the McKees Rocks hardcore dudes, I think me being an Italian kid worked a little <laughs> bit because they kind of liked me. Yeah. And that's how we got on, like, the uh, Still City Aggression album, which was pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both of what you said. I think it's that we were mature for our age, and yet we didn't grow past that in certain aspects. Yeah, it's just I think that I decided early on what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I just started doing it. Yeah. And I feel that, like, growing up, there started to become some doubts when, like, the people around you might start doing stuff with you but then they go off you know of what i mean course. Like, yeah. yeah you know after like we'll say like definitely in like the post high school era yeah when a lot of the people that we all we all ran with because you know we had like a nice little crew for a yeah. couple years there you know so it's like some people just fell off the face of the earth some people yeah. moved and it was just like it got to a point where like it was just like okay now i just have me yeah. And it's like, okay, this is yeah. weird. Like, should I still keep doing this? Or yeah. it's like, you know, everybody else that I know is off doing other things anymore. It's like, I'm yeah. the only person that's doing music now that I know. Yeah. And then that was whenever, like, the psych stuff went, like, full force. Yeah. Because it was just like, well, this is this is all I got now. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like that with me for comedy, you know? And I'm even now at a point with comedy when even though I have very close friends that I love to work with and I think are extremely talented, I still feel starting to feel that isolation again. Like I want to evolve into something else now, which is something I've always done. You know, I don't, you know, I can't nail myself down to one thing. It's not like I do something and quit. I just want to like shift it into something else and mutate it, you know. And now I'm at the point where I think I can combine everything into one, you know. So, speaking of, you know, where you are now, let's yeah. kind of fast forward a bit. At the okay. beginning of the conversation, sure. we had mentioned the special sessions. Oh, yeah. Uh, giving more context. I've said context like a billion fucking times during this conversation. Yeah, that's all right. But, <laughs> you know, you have been recently now just in the past, we'll say half year or mm -hmm. longer, like you're starting to produce your own shows. Yeah. And they're comedy shows. Mm -hmm. And like comedy slash variety, mostly comedy. I, I yeah. wanted to say variety, but not really. There's just yeah. only, only, only one of... act like yeah. is on that variety stand tip yeah. standpoint. You know who I'm talking about. Azrael? Yes. Azrael's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Azrael's delivery is yeah. a classic comedic yeah, yes, delivery. Yes, it is comedy still. For it's someone a, it's who's just, new, too. Yeah, it just you has know, that's a, a fucking goldmine. Yeah, know? it just has a... I tried to, I tried to pitch Azrael to other people I was working with, and I don't know if it was a miscommunication or it fell on deaf ears, but once booked and hit the stage, and it was just on from there, you know? So I wish Azrael 
all the luck in the world and I encourage that character, <laughs> that human being as much as possible yeah. to keep moving and, you know, I always, I always book Azrael. Yeah, you know, I've been to um, the past two events that mm -hmm. you've done supplying music yeah. and stuff. Yeah, which and is great. It was I, great to have you like in the mix. Yeah, I, you know? and I was happy to be there. I had a good time. It was really cool to see some uh, local stand-up and, yeah. you know, some funny people, too, and everybody yeah. was really nice. So moving into the special sessions and oh, this yeah. thing, let's let's tell me about this. What are you okay. doing? So this is something I'm going to be working on uh, throughout the summer, and it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, the special sessions is going to be set up pretty much like a, a live Tonight Show type deal with some local artists, people from all over. Um, the setup's going to pretty much run like how uh, the Tonight Show or, you know, I've been to tapings of Conan O'Brien, so I see how they do their stuff. They have a comedian come out to warm up the crowd. Okay. So then, okay, well, I know comedians and I know ones with a lot of energy who can warm up a crowd. So you get them to warm up a crowd. They introduce you. You do a little opening, quick little monologue. Going to book a different co-host every show. Sit down with the co-host bullshit, bring on a couple guests, bring on a couple comedians, and end the night with a music act. So it'll be like a full circle of pretty much showcasing me, showcasing other people. Yes. In one swoop. Well, that wasn't a swoop. Swoop. <laughs> there we go. Cool. So that's the, that's the plan, and it's, you know... I think it's going to take work, but work that's worth it. And since I've seen how those things go down and I've, I do have friends in other cities who have done things of this nature. I could always like rub off on them. Like, Hey, well, if I want to do this dialogue with a co-host, like how can we plot out how this conversation is going to go? Yeah. Because, you know, Conan has Andy and Carson had, uh, What's his face? Ed McMahon and all that shit. It's like you have to plot it out. And I, like I said, I do know people who have done this before. So it's not something new that I created. Originally, I wanted to do it in corpse paint. <laughs> and then I saw that, was it two minutes to late night? Have you ever seen that I show? I just recently started seeing something that coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, I've always, it's always been like kind of lurking on my Facebook but then once I saw what it was all about, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a variety show with comics and music. And the guy wears corpse paint like shit, like, fuck, that's what I wanted to do. But I'm still going to do it minus the corpse paint. Yeah. I might do corpse paint every once in a while. I think it would be better. Just because, because like, that's in my heart, too. Yeah. The corpse you know? paint would be funny, but I think for you... Um, it's not going to be my gimmick. It wouldn't be genuine. Like, yeah. It wouldn't be genuine. Yeah. Like, it would be if you really knew you. Yeah. But, like, as, like, a standard thing, it's just, yeah, like... Yeah, it's nothing. I don't, I don't need it, you know. Yeah. But I, I, it would be I, fun just, to do it every once in a while just because it's fucking corpse paint. I've already done a comedy show on corpse paint under a different name. Okay. You know, and I told like old vaudevillian jokes. My name was Christian Slayer. Got it. And I did it in corpse paint. And it happened to be like one night at the Brillo box where there was actually a film student there filming it. <laughs> and they didn't tell me. And I'm usually like, no, don't film me. Cause this is just like a Tuesday night gig. 
Uh-huh. And had I have known that they were going to showcase me in this little mignette <laughs> in corpse paint, like, it, it looks like the stupidest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> I'm glad it exists, but I wish it didn't at the same time. But, hey, it's something out there. And if someone Googles me and they see that and they see me in corpse paint, they'll be like, the fuck's that guy? Like, But if it's someone who knows me, they would go, Oh, that's hilarious. I wasn't there for that. <laughs> you know. But uh yeah, that's that's what the special sessions is gonna be all about. You know, so we could have you on. You could do anything. Like I could interview you about the album. I could have your band play. I could have you doing psychs. We could talk about work. You could be a co-host. That's the thing. Like, I wanna bring everybody into the fold show for well, it seems showcase like me showcasing everybody else. Yeah, I think else. you have enough resources of talented people in your pocket to pull yeah. out a few episodes that's and then that's, yeah just to get the ball rolling and once yeah. it's rolling if it works and bring people are people talking on. about yeah. it then there'll be people knocking on your fucking door yeah and i could even bring people from outside the music and oh, yeah, you have world. to you have to you know i mean i you know i have jujitsu i know fighters i know chefs i was I just gonna say we were talking kind of shit back you know? to us being at bay Bay's kitchen we were yeah. talking about the great you know, food scene we have in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, and there's so many ba or yeah. bands. There's so many restaurants and yeah. chefs and awesome people that you could highlight in the city. A hundred percent. And, you know, they they would totally dig that format, you know, and chefs usually don't get a voice, you know, key violin music. Uh -huh. Chefs normally don't get a voice. So, yeah, we're going to it's 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 just it's going to be an experiment that's I'm going to try and keep it organized as possible because that's how it would work. Yeah, you just if it, I feel that. There are two things that I see from the gate. Yeah. That would be your biggest problems with pulling off an event like this. The band. <laughs> Not so much the band. Yeah. Bands are easy. Yeah. Um, there's the cities. This is a city that's not short of bands. That's true. And not short of good like the bands. setup, you know, like your biggest issues are going to be your location. Yeah. So for sure. Set up, set up yeah. that, that has to do with location. Yeah. And then number two would just be the planning. Yeah. Making sure everybody's on the same page. It's a little, you know, yeah. it's, you've been in a band, you know how hard it is oh, just yeah. to get fucking five people in a room at yeah. the same time. Imagine yeah. trying to get like. All those other people, but yeah. you've done other events yeah. where you've managed to get all of those people into the room. Yeah. Right. So yeah. once you have all the people there, yeah. it's just a matter of saying yeah. like, okay, you sit there. We're doing this on yeah. these times it's, and the band plays. It's a matter of everybody knowing their bounds, you know, like if I'm booking you as a comedian and even the shows I did, I booked a lot of those people on not just merit, but on, okay, they're respectful of their stage time. Okay, they like to bring people. Okay, I like to hang out with them after the show. They're fun, positive people. And some of them are on the come up now because that's their ethic. And that's, you know, that's something you could bring into the fold. I know for a fact that if I would hit up my good friend Chrissy Costa, who's a great comedian, and say, hey, Chrissy, you know, I need you to do a co-host spot or I need you to do a stand-up spot, she knows what the fuck to do, how to do it, do her damn thing. She brings people, and that's it. 
And that's what makes a show, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's everybody within their bounds. Totally. I think that, you know, it's just a matter of you finding the location. Yeah. And then putting together like an outline of how you want yeah. the, um, yeah. like, how you want the the evening to flow in yeah. the times. Yeah. And then basically you have that structure. Yeah. And then you just fill in the fucking blanks with who, what, who's doing what. That's it. Yeah. And then after the first show, you know, you figure, hey, this worked or this didn't work. Then you make the adjustments then and then you do keep, it again. Keep working. So in that sense, it's really not complicated. It isn't. I don't feel that it's complicated. I think it would be. I think it would be more rewarding to give it a shot than to just put another straight up comedy show on. Because I have a cluster of people who I really trust, who I've booked in the past two shows, who have delivered on excellent levels and have been wonderful to work with. Yeah. You know? So I know I could do that time and time again. And I could always go back to that. But I feel at the same time, they could be showcased in a different light, even though they're doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, say, if you would, like, call someone in interview them instead of you doing a comedy set let me interview let me make you my co-host let's see how we work in a conversation let's see how you could jump into a conversation with yeah. someone else there it's all just fun if you if you have everybody has their bounds everybody knows what they're doing you know so i i think that's going to be the next step and that's i'm really excited for it and pretty much taking off the summer just to plot it out I think that um, off the top of my head, the first place that comes to mind that I think you could pull this off phenomenally at would be Spirit downstairs. Yeah, yeah that's a cool venue. That's a really cool venue. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think the downstairs at Spirit would be really, really cool. And yeah. I know that they're reasonably easy to get a hold of and book. Yeah. Like even if you just did like a one-off thing there. Yeah. You know, just like, hey. Uh, you know, I have this idea and this yeah, is my resume sure. of things that I've done. And, yeah. you know, want to do it on like a weeknight sometime. Yeah. You know, just something simple, an off yeah. night. Yeah. Try it out. Yeah. I, I love that room. That's a cool room. And there's it's spacious and yet it's intimate at the same time. Yeah. And I think they have be perfect. Like the, they have that, that dance floor area, mm -hmm. right? Where like you could take like, the couches that they have down there and move a, move a table around oh, and you yeah. can make your desk set up and then you can have the band play on the stage on the, stage. On the side. Yeah, and they, the, the way they have the tables in there, anywhere you sit in there, yeah. they're going to be able to see either where you're doing your monologue stuff or right. even have exactly. the space to do the stand-up monologue if you want to yeah. go like full force. Yeah, and it's it's a legit club and it's a good location yeah. that everybody can get to. Yo, I got ideas. If you need, if you need help, if you you're, need contact you're hired. info... You're hired. You know, I, I could get you. <laughs> you the, the you're info. a co-producer. How's you, that sound? Sure, I could get you. <laughs> I could get you uh, in contact with the people you need to talk and to. And that's the thing. Like, it's it's not. It's it's gonna be a group effort. And I'm gonna bring in you. And I'm gonna bring in, like I said, Chrissy. I'm gonna bring in, you know, my buddy Michael Cohen, and then. Any of the other comedians, Helen, any of them, they're wonderful people, and I know the they will deliver, you know. Um, Asriel, of course, <laughs> bring yeah. in Asriel. I even pitched it to Asriel, and I says, you could be like my Rod Roddy <laughs> on The Price is Right. Agreed to do it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's what's going to – it's going to be something that's going to be tested out in the future. 
and uh, that's it, you know, because I'm at the point now where I can't be a full time comedian. These the people in this city now with the comedy scene thriving, they're doing open mics all the time. I don't really have the discipline or the time for that right now to be like a full fledged comedian to hit up the open mics to travel do open mics. Um, I'm not saying I'm leaving the comedy scene. I'm just saying I'm going to showcase it in a different light. Yeah. And not to say that other people haven't done something similar to what I'm doing, but it's just going to be my contribution. Well, I think that in terms of creative contributions to the planet, yeah, uh, nobody needs to do anything because we have, we have enough. Yeah, we everything. have enough. And nobody, it's rare that anybody's contributing anything that's that unique that really needs to yeah that that the world needs to hear yeah um but that doesn't that's not to take away from the value of what anybody's contributing because i think what is important about art is it still it's like that person feels really important about what they're saying 100 and what they're throwing out there and you would like to think that what they're doing is like them being able to relieve some of like the stress and the negativity off their chest of course you know they're doing what they want to they're do they're putting this into the world because they just have this uncontrollable urge to do it. It's what right. they want to do. So yeah. I think if what you want to do yeah. is a fucking talk show, then fucking do it. That's what I'm Who cares do. if other people have done it? That's, hey, if you want to fucking 100%, do it, do it. That's what I'm going to do. And it's, you know, um it's kind of something like if I think back to my earliest childhood like having the Mario show was always the <laughs> It was always something I was building towards watching, growing up, watching Letterman, Conan. It was something that I was always building towards. Conan's definitely one of my biggest inspirations, not as just a comedian, but just his whole, just his whole ethic, you know, Conan and Nicole Kidman were my inspirations. (laughs) Is, that, is can, that a joke or is that legit? It's legit. Why not? <laughs> Fuck it. And I love Converge too, but okay. So Conan. So is that is that the tripod Conan, of your Kidman Converge? <laughs> can we get a mixture of those three? And that could be me. Uh-huh. I like it. Maybe one day have them on the show. Or not. We could just make a plea to them. Go viral. And then try and get them on. Yeah. That probably, would definitely could probably get converge. That would be a very special session. Yeah, and the name too, because you know that name. Yeah, yeah. We never, has, we never, yeah, we never yeah. really got into like what the significance of the special session yeah. name. Yeah, the, Brian may be the only person who gets the relevance of the special session's name. Um, I had a little tape recorder. And I thought it'd be funny to mock. This was this was way back in the day. And by this the way. was probably what started butter. Yes, because you were like, "Let's do special sessions plus drum machine." Yes, and I that's said, "Exactly." Yeah. How so it's, that's okay, how it so all see, started. this all comes full circle. Yeah. So yeah, so the special sessions was something I did as a joke with like a two string guitar and a tape recorder, and I would mock like old hardcore. An old like, and it's funny because there's some bands that sound like special session songs. <laughs> like there's some sludge bands that clearly sound like things that I would do just for shits and giggles. Was was 
I remember there being a song when you were like, there was like some weird spazzy part and you uh-huh. were like, was it like, get the fuck out of my uh, bathroom? Get, get the fuck out of my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And then there was, uh, the first one was the night I went to jail. They had a riot. Yeah. We definitely played that with yeah. butter. Skipping class and doing coke. Uh, drink beer, fuck sluts. Uh, oh God. There was I feel just like that a bunch was also, of, I think drink beer, fuck sluts was also a butter song. It at was some point. also a butter song. And, um. Yeah, it's it was just that's just we X ray cat attack. Yeah, X ray cat attack. So the name Special Sessions has always been kind of like in my back pocket, and I've always I've wanted to call a podcast Special Sessions. That never took off. I'm not a techie guy, and I never was smart enough to be like here. Here's a hundred dollars. Produce my podcast. Produce my fucking podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Which I probably should have did a long time ago. (laughs) You just give people money. Just let them do their thing. I have some money. Remember you you said to me not too long ago, like, as a kid, you were like, I want to do all this stuff, but I don't have any money. Now we're older. We have money. We have jobs. But we don't want to really do much. (laughs) 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 But we do. We do. We yeah, do a I mean, lot. yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't take much to make me happy at this point. I just want to make art and talk with my friends. Yeah, and play shows. Yeah, I don't. But I guess that's a lot for some people. Yeah, I mean, I go to extremes. You know, I'll fly to another city to see a concert or to go to like a jujitsu tournament, which I just did both of those within a month. But it's the same setup as I would do it here. Find somewhere decent to eat, get to the venue early, try and meet the band, go somewhere else, come back for the show, go home. That's wonderful. (laughs) It's wonderful. The Chicago trip was just so perfect. Everything worked out so magically. The latest Chicago trip I took to see Chelsea Wolf, it was perfect. And I was like, damn, I could have done this at home. But I went to Chicago (laughs) and it was like extreme. And then the next day I flew home and then the next day I went back to work. What did you do this weekend? I flew to Chicago for a concert, ate a pizza, flew back home. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) So the threshold, the threshold for excitement hasn't changed, but the path to get there has gone to extremes. Yeah, it's a lot different than when we were in uh, in high school and taking a taxi to go see Cradle of Filth in Oakland. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the same concept. Yeah, but even if I look back at like I found um, some stuff from when I was a kid and like little essays I'd write in like fourth grade, and it was always like I just want to go to concerts all the time. I want backstage (laughs) passes. I want to meet bands. I want to buy merch, and I want to go home. And it's like, wow, I'm fulfilling that. If I would tell my childhood self, look, it's going to happen, you know? Hey, you know, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about. And then <laughs> the special sessions is going to happen. Which yeah. Great. So right now you don't have any, there's no events or anything on the calendar coming up for you? No, no, not at the moment. Um I can't think of anything. I was trying to set something up for May, per- preferably or, or early June, but you know, a lot of it, it seems to be everybody's pre-booked up, 
And since I'm on the fence about doing another show for a while because I want to invest some time into writing out this show and just giving myself a break to do some other things, just me time, um, I decided just to take some time off. So there's really nothing to promote. I uh, wish I had something to promote, but I don't. <laughs> if you have anything in mind, you could hit me up. Whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm all over the place. You could catch me just about anywhere. And yeah. You got shit to promote, though. Yeah. You got a fucking album coming out. I'm excited for you, dude. Thanks, man. It's yeah. Good shit. Yeah. We got the, the Gray Walker stuff's coming up. Mm -hmm. So much shit. I yeah. don't know. I don't know when this is coming out, so I don't want to announce too much. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, okay. It's it's this, good this, to this sit is... back and take it in. You know, I find that if you just put shit out there and put shit out there and keep doing your thing, you don't have time to like just let it set in. But like, this is what I created. This is ours as a band or mine as an artist. Okay, then let's put it out. You know, I think I was talking about this yesterday. I had, um, Trevor and Allison here, they play in a local band called The Long Hunt. Okay. And we were chatting about how in, I mean, the world's always been like this, but it seems like it's a lot more relevant now than in the past of mm -hmm. people that are creators or just people in general are yeah. never really happy with their achievements. Yeah. It's like, instead, it's like, instead of taking time to reflect on your accomplishment and mm -hmm. be like, Oh, cool. Look, we did this and like really yeah. embrace what you have. It's just yeah. like nothing's ever good enough. It's like you finally yeah. get what you want, then you got to keep pushing. Like, exactly. I'm not happy, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I think yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be motivated. Yeah. But I also think that a lot of people need to, for like the, I, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth, but like stop and smell the fucking flowers. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you just know, like and, it, appreciate what you have. Exactly. Especially if it's something you've been working on forever. Well, the hustle is a thing. You know what I mean? Um, and we all have it in our realm. We all have it in our head that we constantly want to do something else or do something more. But when you do said thing and you're done with it, you want to jump to the next thing without taking it in or, you know. So it's really hard to shake that, you know, and that's why, like I said, that's why I'm taking the summer off. Like, I don't want to do another show. I do want to do another show. I would love to hit up like five people right now. Be like, I have a show booked. Do you want on it? This is going to be awesome. You got 10 minutes. Same as the last show. I would love to fucking do that. But at the same time, I know come show night when the show's over. I'm going to have that like, it's like an, it's like, it's like a drug. It's like you get your fix and the fix is over and you're like, well, when's my next fix going to be? Instead of just chilling and being high, you know, I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think that's what it is. So it's, it, it, it takes some control and it takes some restraint to sit back and take it in. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. And I also think that it just takes, like, yeah, restroll, restroll, <laughs> restraint and control, a.k.a. Yeah. restroll. Restroll, yo. From, you know, having your nose 
in your phone or on social media. Yeah. I think a big part of it is a lot of people like everybody's always bombarded with everybody else's accomplishments. Oh yeah. And successes. Oh yeah. So it's just like, regardless of what you did in your day, yeah, you'll see that so-and-so did something else and maybe it's like, oh fuck, well I didn't do that. So I yeah. guess I'm not doing enough or I had a bad oh, day. Yeah. Like I didn't go to fucking Chicago to see Chelsea Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should I feel bad about myself because of that? It was a good no. show, but you've seen her. <laughs> but you know, like, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, like I think there's some people that can't that, for lack of a better way of putting yeah. it, they cannot handle other people also accomplishing things. They oh, think yeah. that because other people are accomplishing things, yeah, that that's somehow taking something away from them and their, of course, their yeah. ability to, yeah accomplish something we had yeah we were chatting earlier online back and forth yeah. just kind of about uh the the entertainment scene and yeah. local stuff and, and the personalities and you the deal way, with the way the, yeah. you deal with some people and how yeah, for sure sometimes like you might feel like you kind of you might maybe you get kind of like screwed over or like pushed out of a, a oh, social yeah. circle with people and yeah. oh yeah you know, I think those are those people that feel where it's like, you know, like, like fucking Highlander. Like, there could be only one. Yeah. You know, it's like, instead yeah. of, uh, it's like, so, because it happens in music. And oh, I, yeah. And I don't it think. It happens that, in everything in our realm. Yeah, and I don't think that it's a, a byproduct of like, oh, like, my product isn't good or I'm not cool enough to yeah. roll with these people. I think it's more or less that it's like, they just want to be like the brightest light bulb yeah. in the room. And the yeah. easiest way to do that is to be the only light bulb. Yeah. So they just break all the other bulbs. Like, fuck you, fuck oh, you, yeah. fuck you. Oh, yeah. I'm not, that's not, I'm like, that's not the way to do it. No, no. But there are people and that do that. We've all seen it time and time again. I think that's the one strength I have as a person in this whole thing is that I've been in it since I was 12. And I have heard just about every fucking cliche I've been shit on, I've been fucked with, I've been, you know, but at the same time, I've been encouraged. I've been put up on a pedestal by the same people who would turn around and pull that pedestal out from under me. And I was been guilty of buying into it, and I've been guilty of thinking I was the only light bulb. Not really, though, because I kind of like, for me, I like the sense, maybe it's coming from a band, I like the idea of being in a group. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to gang. Well, I think it's like everybody. Like, I want to be the warriors. Well, you when know? you're an entertainer and it's, you know, it's your time. With, you yeah. know, it's your 10 minutes. Yeah. It's your time to shine. Of and course. That, that's what makes art great is the yeah. fact that, you know, everybody can contribute their own thing to it. For but sure. there's the problem when you deal with people that can't handle the fact that you have 10 minutes of something to say. Oh, yeah. Or that, you know, my band has a half hour of music to play. Yeah. Because you know what? That's another 10 minutes that they could be on stage or another yeah. 30 minutes that their band yeah. could be playing that I'm taking and, up. <laughs> some of them even interrupt that. <laughs> and it's <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've seen glasses drop and shatter. I've seen words fly during someone's set. And I'm like, fuck that asshole. End of story. <laughs> yeah. It's just, <laughs> you it's, know. it's, it's, but really, really, that. really silly. But yeah, of course, you can't have the good without the bad. No. You know? No. And, and it makes for a funny story in the long run. Totally. Totally. Know? It's. But are you going to let that get in the way of what you're doing? 
Sometimes it's hard. It's like, I feel like I always have a problem with people that are like that, mm-hmm. but they are cool to people that they could get something from. Whether for sure. it is for sure. another entertainer that they yeah. either look up to yep. or even worse, they're nice to fans because they yeah. know that they can get money out of them. Yeah. And get them to come out, you know, pay the door cover and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But they, they don't yeah. give a fuck past that. They just want yeah, another body in the room. That's yeah. like all you are to yeah. them. I tell you what, if you're in another role, and I think this this applies to everything. If you're bringing bodies into the room, I kind of will tolerate some shit. Or I would be like, especially for like, if I'm putting on a comedy show and even advice I gave to other people's shows, I would say, Hey, this guy brings 15 people, 10 people every show. Yeah. They might not be the best comedian yet. Yeah. They might go on a little long, but guess what? They're putting butts in the seats and they're fun to work with. So why don't we give them the headlining spot? Cause that's how it should be. You know what I mean? It it should be kind of a not a race to the top, but it you, you could kind of earn it by doing those little things, like bringing some friends who are cool, um, showing up with a good attitude, and you're clearly working on something. Yeah, I think that should be championed more than hey, this guy has his name in the city paper. Let's you know. Let's put him on and then they show up with nobody, which, hey, that's cool, too, because we've I've been to shows where guys from around here, women from around here came up and did a show. They were a name. They may not have brought anybody because they're just there to do a set, but they were fucking cool as shit to work with. And it was good to have them there, not to capitalize off their name, because obviously they didn't bring anybody. Well, the problem with sometimes when you have people that have names, yeah, is like the reason why they have a name is because they're fucking playing all the time. Yeah, for sure. And then a lot of the times, you know, it's just like for it's you know maybe it's like oh fuck, you know, like they have a no, they didn't bring anybody to the show. Yeah, but maybe you know last weekend they just did a a big show, or yeah. maybe they have something big coming up. Yeah. So I think that a lot of the yeah. time that's just people that's like, a respectability thing in comedy that's there. I you think know? like with me though, just as a musician, yeah. Like, anytime somebody asks me to play a show, mm-hmm. you know, I always say like, "Hey, like, I got a show a week or two after this." Yeah. That you know, that's the show I want people to come to. Yeah. So like, of I'm course. not gonna really bring anybody to of your course. fucking show because yeah. I'm trying to get everybody to go to this one. There is that too. I, yeah. I am not in a position where yeah. I can get a group full of people to come see me right. every other week. Right. Yeah, and I even ran into that too because there's a couple other people who I booked who curated their own shows who I was booking. And, and like Michael Cohen, for instance, he's doing very well for himself booking out of Roboto. He's brought people from hard times. He's brought, you know, and it's it's a really cool DIY sensibility with what he's doing. Well, it's all DIY if you think about it. But just that whole punk ethos of DIY you know he's brought that to the forefront really well and you know he says oh I'm booking a show on this date and I'm like I won't book a show on that date that's Michael's night you know so then you just move it forward you know that's 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 something you have to do with your fellow show curators I mean you could say oh the more the better but yeah what for one yeah I'd like to do the show with them two 
the same people who go to my show might go to his show. I don't want to take that from them. I just, we could all do this together in another time. I feel like, you know, if you are a local performer. Right. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. You should play once a month. Max. Yeah. That's it. I don't That's give it. I don't give a fuck how good you think you are yeah. <laughs> or how much people like you. You should play once a month cuz all the fucking time, you know, it's just like Hey, I got a show coming up, and it's like, oh, well, I have a show the same night, or I'm yeah. going to so and so show, and it's like, didn't they just play last week? Yeah, it's like, why the fuck does your band have to play every fucking week? Right? Why this like these shows that just don't fucking? The only reason half of these shows exist, yeah, talking about music, yeah, is because of touring bands that are coming through, yeah, that need to play on like a goose at Gooskies on like a fucking Monday, yeah, and it's like. While I'm not saying I don't want to support touring bands, yeah, that shit is really hurting like the economy of the local music scene yeah. because we just like keep on putting together these shows for yeah. these out of town people that nobody goes to because nobody knows who they are, yeah, and then like all these local bands just like exhaust everybody's yeah potential to go out and really catch like these good shows when they yeah. do get thrown. I don't know. This is like just a thought that I'm having now. Yeah. Occasionally, oh, sure. yeah. I have thoughts that I've thought about and I can like articulate really yeah. well. Yeah. This was just like but a I fucking feel it. I know firework that went off in my head. Well, yeah. It, and well, now I'm now, yeah. I'm not saying I want to start championing like the fact that like, don't let bands that aren't from Pittsburgh yeah. play in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But does. Yeah. You can't you go have, to the well too many times. Yeah, is you what have it some is, fucking band you know? that's on tour. Yeah. And like the only fucking, it's like a fucking Tuesday night and the only place that you can put them is at like the fucking rock room or something yeah maybe not maybe we don't need to do that show yeah i don't know yeah i don't want to speak on behalf of everybody i'm sure yeah. there's been plenty of great shows that have happened on tuesday nights at the rock room yeah it's just like for me ugh, i don't know i gotta i gotta think more about this thought and come back to it no i know <laughs> i know what you're saying because it's it's a matter of like and, and i'm guilty of it as a concert goer um and I always say this when I go to shows, like, uh, I remember seeing Eternal Sleep open for Pig Destroyer. And my friend Gene and I were like, fuck, we need to go to some, like, we need to go see, like, Eternal Sleep at, like, just a local show. Preferably at a bar with a wing special. <laughs> yeah. That would be a wonderful night. But then you don't. And then you're like, oh, well, they're coming through with nails. So I'll just see them open up for nails. But... You don't get that same, like, I just want to see them in their element, dude. Like, I just want to see them as a Pittsburgh band there. Yeah. And even though they rep Pittsburgh very well, and they're an excellent live band, shout out to Eternal Sleep. I don't even know them, but they're a really <laughs> good band. Um, fucking, yeah, I, I get what you mean. It It's it's kind of like, you know, this this thing that rushes through, and it it, it exhausts people. Is what it does. Yeah, and I think that you know, shows they need to be like. I don't. They don't need to be like big spectacles or like huge yeah. events, but yeah. there needs to be a fucking reason for the show, right? You know, is there a reason for you know some band from Boise yeah. that nobody knows? Yeah, to play at. You know, a house in Oakland yeah. on a Thursday to 10 people. Yeah. 
versus like you know saying like hey is there any way that you can maybe like reroute to come through on a weekend you know yeah. or it's because it just i don't know i feel like it's just like all of these extra shows just really stretch everybody super thin right I, I, I need, I, I need yeah. to think more about this. I, I feel no, like, I, I know I feel exactly like a, what you mean, yeah. and you're on to something. And it has to be tough for bands, I think it's like, too. It's, it's hard for people to say no. You well, know what yeah, I mean, too? Yeah, if you get a cool opening spot for some band, and you could, you know, but then at the same time, like you said, well, I got a show on Saturday. and then I also wonder, like, how much of a result this dialogue is me just not being that hunger anymore kind of like how you're not hungry well, no, to I go think out you're hungry i think it's coming out of hunger but i think it's coming like out of a calculated like i'm like hungry but like i'm, yeah. I'm on i'm like watching what i eat yeah yeah <laughs> you know like yeah you're like you know what like tonight i'm gonna have pizza but for the next couple of days i'm just gonna have some salads i might come back to the pizza later because if you just eat pizza every day you're fucked you know but yeah, I I no, I get what yeah, you mean. I gotta, I, gotta think I get what that. you mean because it's a lot, and there's a lot more coming through now, and, it, and it, I feel like there has been. A and long it becomes time. that that uh that the, like the good old uh, option paralysis problem where there's yeah there's too there's much. so much shit to there's do too much shit. It's just like ah fuck it, like I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna tune out. And while I'm saying that, I'm still guilty because June first. Is like Code Orange, Eternal Sleep, all these other bands that like I would rather see them. Well, Code Orange kind of counts because they're Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know what I mean. And this, I actually just ran uh, into those guys at a jujitsu event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they're into that. Stuff, you know, yeah. and uh, it was it was cool to finally meet them because I remember seeing them when they were like eighteen at Alter Bar. <laughs> they played some like thir Thursday was doing some like farewell tour show mm -hmm. and then it, they merged it with another festival. I remember when that happened. Yeah. It was really dope because you had some odd mixture of bands. You had Omar from Mars Volta's brothers, like all his brothers had a funk band called Zex Marquise, which I believe is still around. I'm not sure. I went to see them, but then stumbled upon code orange. And I think they were like code orange kids at the time. But I remember just seeing these young kids just fucking going into it. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. That reminds me of when I was young. Shit, I wasn't 18 yet. <laughs> More like 13. Yeah. But that's the shit right there, you know? Uh -huh. So it was good to touch base with them and say, hey, I remember seeing you guys like six years ago. And congratulations on your success. Yeah. You know, and I'll be at the show. Yeah, awesome. I think, <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean, the, the the best that you're gonna see them in doing a hometown show now is gonna be at Mr. Smalls. You know, yeah. like you're not gonna see them anywhere smaller than that anymore. No, no, and I hope I don't. I fucking you know? dude, dude, it blew my fucking mind watching them play those last Dillinger shows because I went up yeah. to New York for those shows. God, I'm so jealous. I ran out of vacation time, but yeah, whatever. And. I hadn't seen Code Orange play live since my old band, Old Fears, since we oh, were yeah. playing. And that's when Code Orange Kids, they were yeah. just starting to take off at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that we the last time I, I had seen them play mm -hmm. was when Old Fears played with them. Yeah. And I think it was they were on tour with um, I think it was Pianos Become the Teeth and Defeater okay. and Xerxes okay. and them and Old Fears opened the show. And that was the last time I'd seen them. And that mm -hmm. was in maybe like 2011 or 12. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't seen them since. And But I mean, like, 
obviously I was very well aware of what they had been doing. Yeah. They just, anytime they were playing, it just didn't line up. Yeah. So it just so happened to be the next time I got to see them play live was in New York City, yeah. you know, playing the yeah. the final Dillinger shows. And that was like coming Dude, off of it just, like, that was like leading up to the Grammys for them yeah, too. It just blew my yeah. fucking mind. Like, holy shit. Like, I remember playing in like Garfield yeah. with them, you know, when oh, yeah. it, we played, Old Fears had played a few shows with them. Mm-hmm. And you and, guys played with Dillinger at one point, Yes, right? yes. We and played Red with, Fang. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was a dope show. Um, I liked Old Fears. That was one of your bands that I really Old dug. Fears was probably my favorite band I've ever been in. Yeah. Hands down. I, I love Grey Walker, but Old Fears was just like for the time and everything, it was it was a lot of fun. This is terrible Grey Walker album promo, by the way. No, I I, th- <laughs> I think I think Grey Walker no, is a kidding, much guys. I mean, I think Grey Walker is a much better band, technically. Yeah. I, I the thing that I don't like about playing in Grey Walker is that it's actually hard. Yeah. Like it's it's very not old fears was just very like loose and chaotic and spazzy yeah. and it yeah. was it was a lot more violent and yeah. visceral. It, but in a way it was yeah. I didn't have to focus so much on the perfections where with Grey Walker it's and a lot more trained. I caught something that you did in Old Fair show that I knew exactly where it came from. It was when you drop the mic and you're just screaming without a mic. And I'm like, oh my, that's what JR from Pig Destroyer did like over a decade <laughs> yeah, ago yeah. when we were a kid. And we were like, oh my God, that's the sickest shit I've ever seen. And then I saw Brian do that. I was like, okay, he's doing JR or whatever the guy's name is for Pig Destroyer. This is what we always wanted to do. Good job. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you know people, you know, uh-huh. you know where they're coming from musically, you know, and, uh, and just with their things, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, I get it. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, it was awesome to see Code Orange. They, they, they yeah. blew me away. They're a really, really great live band. And yeah. anytime I've had any like in-person interaction with any of them, they've always been like super humble and chill. Yeah. Yeah. They're very nice dudes. And, it was funny because they were like, they just showed up and it was just like code orange at a jujitsu event. And like, I knew that Jamie did jujitsu and I know that a couple of the other dudes do jujitsu. I believe it true believers, the school they train at. And, um, but they showed up as code orange. Like it's just, they just have a look to them. Yeah. Like when a band shows up in a room, you know, because I haven't seen them in person in a long time. So they're just walking in the room. I'm like, oh, shit, there's Code Orange there. And like, I guess they had seen me, too, because I had a Converge hoodie. Yeah. And even Jamie was like, yeah, that guy has a Converge hoodie. He probably knows who we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, they should have had a red carpet and everything. Realize these kids just were nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. And I only felt okay that Mastodon won over them because I've gotten to know some guys from Mastodon over the years. Brent and I kind of stay in touch through Instagram and shit, and we've hung out, and he's a great dude. And uh, like it was good to see them. Like, I know Grammys don't mean anything, but at the same time, it is kind of cool to see someone recognized. You know, especially yeah, I think people, just the fucking nomination alone, dude. It's it's huge. That's and super rewarding, man. Like in in the way Code Orange like approached it and just their whole thing. Like they should have fucking got a parade in Pittsburgh or something. <laughs> At least a billboard. Like, god damn it, they Pittsburgh. had a fucking billboard in Times Square. Yeah, 
Yeah, I saw that. I was like, fuck, that should be in the strip district, motherfucker. Like, that should be here, too. Like, I'm glad that it was in Times Square by all means, but come on, Pittsburgh. Like, I know the kids in the know know, but what about the other motherfuckers? You're still, like, hanging out with Joe Grishecki and shit. Well, that's your fucking problem right there. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, like, Pittsburgh, in one way or another, has always had a hard time highlighting extreme music yeah you know what i mean it's like what are our artistic cultural exports like fucking the clarks rusted root yeah was khalifa mac miller like i don't want to i'm not gonna say anything bad about any of them but come on like there's there's no that's nothing really uh yeah, There's nothing really like artistically yeah. challenging about any of that. And then like yeah. what else? Like fucking Andy Warhol, give me a break. Like But to tell you the truth, <laughs> but to tell you the truth, I was going to touch up on that. The Velvet Underground was totally subversive for the time. Yeah. And they were totally entrenched in Andy Warhol, but the thing was was most like Lou Reed New Yorker with Nico was what French and the other guy I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name. The the one drummer dude was British. So they weren't like Pittsburgh, but Andy Warhol's Pittsburgh is Fox. So, and he's attached, he is Velvet Underground in his own right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't like. Dude, even like if you think about, it's not like, we'll put it this way. You know, Code Orange or Grey Walker is never going to play the fucking Three Rivers Arts Fest. Yeah. We're not, you're not they're not going to throw us on the fucking regatta. You know what Dude, I mean? I've seen some good shows at the Regatta, though. I saw just, fucking. Can we talk? Is <laughs> an offshoot? Can we talk? Just do a quick throwback. I'm just going to do a list of who I saw at the Regatta. I saw Morris Day in the Time. Okay. I saw the Village People and the Tramps, like Disco Inferno. Yeah. I saw Pat Benatar and I saw Bachman Turner Overdrive. Pittsburgh used to come with it. <laughs> now it's just like fucking all of a sudden Pittsburgh's a country town. Well, that's the thing. It's, you know, it's very, yeah, country and rap. And like if you're playing in other accessible genres of music, indie rock, folk, there's really, really great platforms here for you to pick you up. Mm-hmm. But not so much with metal or punk, but in a way. Maybe that's kind of how it's supposed to be, because that's kind of how it always was. Well, it has to keep you, you know, pissed it's, off, it's, to keep yeah. your music pissed yeah. off. You're not so, supposed to be accepted so at the in same a way, time. In a way, like in a perfect world, you know, there would be a red carpet for Code Orange showing up just about anywhere, or Grey Walker <laughs> showing up just about anywhere. There's going to be red carpets for me sooner or later, <laughs> but it's probably going to be my doing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Because I feel I would deserve one. Or maybe like rose petals like in Coming well, to America. You know, another yeah. thing too that happened <laughs> with Code Orange, and I saw this happen mm-hmm. because obviously being a Pittsburgh musician mm-hmm. in the time that they were blowing up mm-hmm. was you had a lot of local bands that I don't want to say they like turned their back on Code Orange, mm-hmm. but I think there was this jealousy thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, these kids are doing it and you know i remember hearing people say like ah fuck well there goes our chance you know because they made it Mm -hmm. i know people that quit playing music because code orange got signed because they thought they blew it and it's just like well i guess you were never in this for the right fucking reason man yeah yeah you know it's like if anything that what the fuck were you doing when those kids were busting their ass on tour you know 
what were you doing? Yeah. Sitting around complaining about them. Mm-hmm. That's why they got where they are and mm-hmm. you didn't fucking get there. Because mm-hmm. you're complaining. They're doing shit. It's simple. It's with everything. And, everybody's, everybody's, you know. And like you said, why are you in this from the first place if that's what's going to break you down? Now, I get it. Everybody might think that. I think you would be crazy to not think like, well, what about me? But you should take that. Use it as motivation. Use it as motivation. Yeah. And then you'll respect what those motherfuckers are doing out there. Totally. And then you'll find that you can start killing the game yourself. And you also sometimes have to come to the reality that it just maybe the reason why they are where they are Mm -hmm. and you're not is because simply they're just better than you. Mm Mm-hmm. They're putting out better, harder content. They're pushing harder. The, they, you yeah. see those motherfuckers live, and it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. It's yeah. like their music's written to be played live, hundred totally. percent. Yeah, you know, it's like, and hey, they did it. You didn't. Yeah, get over it. And they got jujitsu. <laughs> totally. They're like purple belts and blue belts and jujitsu. <laughs> So they'll fucking choke the shit out of you. <laughs> like the guy with the long hair. Like, I think he's like a blue belt. I like, I hope I don't like, I don't know if he's going to hear this. I'll send it to Jamie. Fuck it. <laughs> I think he's, I think Jamie's a purple belt now. And I think that other guys are blue belt. They're like little goth dude. Yeah. Playing fucking guitars and synthesis. He'll fucking choke your lights out. <laughs> So I don't even think of fucking with them. Yeah, no, the, you know, I I'm really really happy for them. Yeah. And it was wild though at the time to like see the people in my peer group that were very like yeah. people that had supported them writing them off. Yeah, and it was just like that's fucking silly, you know. Like, but yeah. that's sometimes you it know happens. That's and what you know, happens sometimes. Even, motherfuckers just there was even times real, they let their true colors show when, when I heard like certain things that they would say. And, uh, you know, I was just like, hmm, that's strange. But I'm like, wait a second. That's the fucking hustle. You got to say shit. Like, that's another thing about heavy music. You don't got to be fucking humble. You don't got to be like always like, yeah, I thank all my fans. Oh, you guys are really great. You know, thank you for coming out. Like, how much are you going to say that? (laughs) You know, just be like, look, we're the fucking shit. And that's it. You know, it's like the uh, like the Oasis approach. Oh my god! Yeah, we're all the best band. We write the best songs. Yeah, if you tell everybody you're the best band in the world, fifty percent of the people are going to fucking believe you, one hundred percent. And they weren't the best band in the world. They did pretty they all right for themselves, songs. though. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, their behind the music is legendary. That's the best behind the music. <laughs> Was it Liam? Liam Gallagher, yeah. the singer. It was Liam and Noel, right? Yeah. yeah. Noel's a little more reserved. Liam's the fucking hysterical one. <laughs> that dude's hysterical. Like I would I would never go to his concert, but if he was just doing a speaking engagement, <laughs> I'd be like the fucking first person there. And I I've, I've talked to people who've met him and they're like, "Yeah, he's, you know, he plays it up a little bit, but he's also kind of cool and chill too." But I'm like, "No, I want him to be a fucking dick." Like not to me, but to everybody else around us, you know? Uh-huh. Liam Nigel didn't come from him though. <laughs> My alter ego, That's Liam. That's a name drop. We'll we'll talk. Well, he's gonna do an episode sooner or later. Yeah. Cross that path when you get there. It's not a Liam Knight. 
Yeah, yeah, we don't want to introduce anybody to Liam right now. That would be that would throw everybody for a loop. A loophole. They're already fucked. <laughs> At this point of listening to this, they're already fucked. They're like, shit, I could have I could have shaved my fucking ass the time I listen to this episode. Feel free to shave your ass while listening to the podcast. Preferably. Preferably shave your ass while listening to the episode. Whatever makes you comfortable. Yeah. But I all that being said, I do think we should probably wrap this we could still sit here and shoot this shit for a while but we'll, we'll turn yeah. our mics off yeah we should do like a b-side <laughs> <laughs> should do a b-side or just in case we don't do this for another four years <laughs> just, I'll just like, the other one. hey you know there's some unreleased footage and unreleased uh uh conversations from that conversation four years ago yeah <laughs> but it's been good it's been sweet I can't. We didn't talk about movies once. We don't need to. Yeah, I'm not making movies. You're not making movies. You but guys we put like out movies. A video. Did you see any good movies lately? No, I, don't. I think we could spend a couple minutes talking about some I, movies I, recently. I, Annihilation. I, mean, I wanted to see that. Annihilation. I noticed your Portis head tattoo. Yeah, and the one dude from Portis head partially scored. He was the co-creator of the uh, score for the movie, and you could totally tell. Annihilation's the one movie, the the last recent movie that I was actually like, I want to go see that. Yeah. And then I still didn't fucking do it. I saw it two days in a row. I went to see it with my boy Dave. We split a pot cookie. I was pretty stoned the first time I saw it. Not to say you need to be stoned to see it, but it was a fucking day off. I was like, fuck it, let's get stoned. It definitely, <laughs> it definitely drew you in a little more. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, man, that was one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen in the theater in a long time. Uh Next morning, I was like, man, I'm going to eat a whole cookie and go see this shit. (laughs) And then I did. And it was it held up just as much the next day. So that's probably the most us movie that I've seen in a long time, like something that you and I would both really dig can't think of anything else yeah i gotta watch it yeah i think it's coming out the 29th i'll check it Blu-ray. out Blu-ray. i'll yeah. see it eventually or i'll just add it to the list of movies that i need to watch that i just don't that or just you know make a day out of it it's like you know, and, get and, some good beers you guys go get something to eat anytime it's like some pressed tofu fried <laughs> any, <laughs> perfectly with plum sauce yeah that sounds great some good beers anytime i fucking am watching a movie nowadays it's mm-hmm. like stacy puts something on and i'm like working on shit like we we yeah. recently rewatched uh like all the harry potters and that was fun to see those again i've never seen a full harry potter movie they're fun if you're into it but yeah. if you're not into it then i guess it's not very fun well of course <laughs> and it's a uh, lot it's i need to, I just, like, to get through i just like i mean i just want to like watch attack the gas station again i think we should do it yeah let's watch attack the gas station again Visitor Q. Do you still have Visitor I Q? I still have Visitor Q, but Holy I don't think shit. I want to put Stacy through that. No, no, I wouldn't let you. <laughs> my, 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 fr- I know I just, I've, I've talked she about She just my- watched Itchy the Killer for the first time recently. Itchy's okay compared to Visitor Q because yeah. Itchy's still a little cartoony. Yeah. Right? Itchy the Killer makes. I mean, it's, it's not respectful to yeah, women the- by any Visitor- means. Visitor Q makes. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, Visitor Q makes Itchy the Killer seem like a Pixar movie. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> my my friend Dave, I think it was like his second or third. Dave, I know you're going to be listening to this. I have to tell this story. It was like his second or third date with his girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife. And he messaged me and he says, yeah, I uh, made Megan watch uh, Visitor Q. And I was like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Like, you're such a piece of shit. Why would you do that to her? Like, what the fuck? But, you know, they're married now, so I guess it didn't didn't scare her. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's a good test for somebody. Fuck that test. You can learn a lot about somebody by watching Visitor the Q The last them. time I watched that, I watched a bad bootleg of it online with no subtitles on some, like, <laughs> streaming site, like... 15 years ago streaming, so there was a lot of buffering. Yeah. It took about four hours. And by the time I was done watching, I'm like, why the fuck did I sit through that? And it, But it still has the same effect. It's probably the most disturbing movie ever. Because it's not gore. Yeah. It's, it's very real. Everything that happens in that movie could easily happen. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. Except the lactation scene. I don't think that could totally happen. Maybe it's not. I think it might be. Well... I think the only eh. I don't know any I don't know anything about lactation, but I don't think that shit could happen. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> I just have that clip playing. With, you should have that when you have the artist at the beginning of your saying like very profound things. He's like, <laughs> I don't know I I don't know anything about lactation. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Oh fuck! Let's, Do you want to end it at that? Let's let's end, let's it, at end that. it at that. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh man, it's and... been it's... cut. And that's all, folks. That's it, all, folks. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I hope hey, you enjoyed this extended thank conversation. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> uh, Thanks, yeah. Stacy. Thank yeah. the nicely pressed tofu that we ate earlier. Shout outs to Bay Kitchen. Shout out to Bebe's Kids. <laughs> uh yeah shout out to mario thank you so much hey, for coming thank over you, man. brian thank uh, you and i can't wait to hear the full gray walker album when it comes out and i can't wait to work with you with the special sessions because you know what the special sessions means i'm stoked it's gonna be fun i'll be back again next week with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2018. Woo! Woo! Hanzo Gracie Jiu Woo! Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was dope.